0: Petersburg. This is Dan Levitard. Catch me and Stugatz every weekday from 10 to 1. Now on your FM dial. It's the Dan Levitard Show. Weekdays 10 to 1 on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
1: To the races, powered by The Racing Biz, your independent voice for racing and breeding in the Mid-Atlantic, on the web at theracingbiz.com, on the radio on ESPN Richmond, it's off to the races. They're
2: at the post. They're off. Charlatan broke perfectly and goes to the front, an uncontested early and easy lead for the big favorite, Charlatan. They're off. Wells Bayou absolutely beat the gate and he's gonna be able to pick his path for Florent Giroux. Wells Bayou has the lead. One thing about Nadal, we've taught him how to how to how to settle and reign and where Charlatan he can actually we've had him where he can he can sit with a horse and that but we didn't want to take any chances.
1: for talking about last weekend's Arkansas Derbies, He saw Charlatan break first from the gate in the first division of the Arkansas Derby and liked what he saw. And even when Wells Bayou, a horse um, that he doesn't own, broke well from the gate, he wasn't too concerned about Nadal. We'll recap those races here in just a minute or so on Off to the Races. Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. What do you say now? on a super Saturday morning, chilly, chilly this morning, uh, here atop Piney mountain. And of course, Mitchell Bradley doing a great job for us, uh, all this month on off to the races in the studio in Richmond. But last weekend, they ran two divisions of the Arkansas Derby the first division let's recap last weekend and get through these uh these stakes races plenty of stakes racing uh at Oaklawn and charlatan uh as you heard got a great break coming out of the gate it's exactly what baffert wanted to see in the first division which was a weaker division of these uh races and of course derby points on the line the kentucky derby set for september 5th and Here is the call of the first division of the Arkansas Derby.
2: And Charlatan is going to run them off their feet and win the Arkansas Derby. We will see you in September, young man. Charlatan wins by six.
1: A very convincing winner. Not a whole lot to uh, get excited about in that race, Baffert. Um, Certainly pleased with the effort of this horse as And so was uh, Chris Mara, by the way. Chris Mara, the president of, or vice president of the New York football giants. Disappointed he couldn't be at Hot Springs to watch the race, but he was happy with the result. He's part of the ownership group. They also have Authentic, among other horses, that could end up at, Churchill Downs and Louisville on the first Saturday in September. But a very convincing winner. And uh, Charlton moves up the Derby point standings with that win. About an hour or so later, as the sun was setting on what is usually Kentucky Derby Day, they ran the second division of the Arkansas Derby. And you heard Wells Bayou, who was my pick in that race, had Charlton, had Wells Bayou. And uh, I, was at, I was thrilled when I saw Wells Bayou break Perfectly with Florent Giroux aboard. I was very confident that he might be able to withstand. And wire the field just like he had done in the Louisiana Derby. Uh, Let's see if that was the case for Wells Bayou.
2: Wells Bayou and Nadal. Now they're even closer around the far turn and here comes Nadal to make his move. And Nadal has put his head in front. Wells Bayou is going to have to battle back, but Nadal has taken over a clear lead. He's now two lengths in front at the top of the stretch. King Guillermo moves up outside of Wells Bayou. Three and a half to Farmington Road and Finnick the Fierce and Code Runner. Nadal still has to get a final furlong. He is a length and a half in front of King Guillermo. Finnick the Fierce runs a big one in third. Nadal is two lengths in front. King Guillermo and Finnick the Fierce. It is Nadal undefeated and the Arkansas Derby winner. Nadal won by two and a half.
1: Big win there for Nadal. I'm convinced. Bafford, if you if you ran the Derby in Wyoming. On a th- three eighth furlong or three eighth mile dirt track, uh Baffert could show up there with four horses. I mean there's another horse, Nadal, to go into his stable and a very convincing uh win there, two and a half lengths. Uh, the favorite there, three dollars and eighty cents for the payout uh for Nadal for Nadal there, but uh Great great racing at Oaklawn Park. Also I don't didn't cue this one up, but by my standards, it wins the Oaklawn handicap uh, very very thrilling race uh, he wins by a uh, length and three quarters with Gabriel Saez aboard of course he was aboard maximum security um, in the Kentucky Derby last year and uh, by my standards gets the win there paid $11 like that price for Brett Calhoun and allied racing there so uh, by my standards this is the field he beat it included tacitus tax combatant Bravazzo, who's now retired, Trophy Chaser had a very disappointing uh, outing in that race. A lot of people like that horse. Uh, Mr Freeze was in that race where his charge was game, had the lead, set the pace for uh, most of the race, but it was by my standards in the Grade 2 Oaklawn Handicap. Thank you Oaklawn Park. What a great job you did and you're going to be rewarded I think for hosting racing through these difficult times. Oaklawn Park, the previous single day record for handle was $19 million set this year in the rebels with the Rebel Stakes card on a Saturday back in um I want to say it was in March. And they ran two divisions of the Rebel that day. Their handle last Saturday, $41 million. And of course, that's not $41 million in revenue. That's not $41 million in profit. That's $41 million in handle. And the way handle works in racing is uh, it really gets chipped up uh, through the different percentages and, and takeouts. Uh, and, of course, somewhere between 75 and 80% gets paid back to the betters. So the bettors, uh, the winners got some $30 million uh, in winnings last week through Oaklawn. But Oaklawn did an exceptional job, hosted some very competitive racing with some full fields, and um, their last day was Saturday for the meet. And um, congratulations on a great meet uh, at Oaklawn Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Uh, just a tremendous, uh, tremendous meet there. Handle, overall handle for the year, this is a little bit surprising. When I read this uh, earlier this morning, I was, I was shocked. Overall handle in horse racing, you would expect a tremendous drop with all the tracks being closed. It is only down through April 7%. That is not bad. So uh, people are certainly paying attention to the Will Rogers Downs in Oklahoma and the uh, Fauner Parks of the, wor- of the world. And we have more racing coming ahead. Charlestown next week is scheduled to open, fingers crossed, May 14th. No fans in the stands. They'll, like Oakland, Oakland set a record for handle, but they also set a record low for attendance because nobody was there to watch the races in the stands. Churchill Downs comes may 16th so next weekend and off to the races we'll have a full slate of racing uh, with churchill downs charlestown santa anita comes back may 15th so horses are on the way and uh, we're excited about seeing racing return to, to all the different venues we usually watch them on tv anyway so uh, it's great to go to the track and see the racing live but um Just to have racing on tv is 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 good enough for me right now so i'm very excited about those tracks coming back um and and coming back soon so uh good luck to those reopenings of uh, those tracks across the country today on off to the races we'll speak with Chuck Coon who is the new proprietor of the Middleburg training center we'll have him up here in about hmm, maybe 5 10 minutes something like that Daryl Wood who was out there and uh, has taken pictures and seen the renovations uh, of the Middleburg training center will join us just before that Frank Vespi at 10:30 uh, will bring us up to date a lot of news on the maryland front uh, they have not set a date, but tim keith uh, who is with the maryland horsemen thinks that an opening date could be set for laurel sometime between may 15th and may 31st we'll see if that uh, standing still stands and of course derby bill watson in the last segment of the show we only have one stakes race when was the last time we only had one stakes race on a weekend of racing Gulfstream park pretty much the only major track open at the moment they run the sunshine forever stakes we were hoping to see war of will run in that race uh, the preakness winner from last year and of course impeded in the derby back um, in in the 2019 derby by maximum security uh, he will not run in that race he's on the uh, entry sheet But we'll scratch in lieu of the Santa Anita um, venue where he'll run in the Shoemaker Mile on June the 6th, uh, according to uh, trainer Mark Cassie. So um, that's what we're looking at there for War of Will. So plenty to go on on this week's show. Um, We'll talk a little bit about the Sooner Pick 6 um, that controversy and give you a standing there Remington park, a track. I got a chance to visit last October, part of a uh, little bit of a reunion tour uh, through uh, a school a state where I went to school uh, for two years out at the university of Oklahoma, got to see a game against wrong Virginia. I think I'm far enough from the West Virginia border to say that, but uh, you know, you never know. They might come charging across, but um, yeah. Yeah great win there by Oklahoma and a great weekend got to see Remington Park but uh, they're they're dealing with it and there's it's a Virginian causing uh, problems out there and it's it's not me (laughs) for once but um, plenty on today's show we're looking forward to it last week they ran the virtual derby Uh, the virtual derby among the triple crown winners and it was won by, maybe not so surprisingly, Secretariat and Citation finished second. Seattle slew third. Affirmed, American Pharaoh, Whirl Away was sixth. Count Fleet, Justify was, uh, what do I have them, eighth. Assault, War Admiral, Omaha Gallant Fox, and Sir Barton finished last. I didn't win the virtual derby I had, American Pharaoh and Justify. I thought those were the only two triple crown winner still living but apparently secretary came back to life and uh, nipped uh, citation and uh, took the lead from seattle slew in deep stretch in last week's running of the virtual uh, triple crown derby we're going to break on off to the races when we come back daryl wood and chris coon to talk about the advances that have happened at the Middleburg training center you're listening to off to the races on racing biz radio Remember, when you
0: work from home, you can wear that new Tampa Bay Tom Brady jersey without getting any crap from Andy and promotions. The coronavirus. Let's make the best of it. You're listening to 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. If you look around your neighborhood this spring, you'll notice something happening. The lawns are greener, thicker, healthier, and, well, just more beautiful. And that's thanks to the local expertise of Virginia Green Lawn Care. With over 100 licensed certified technicians and one dog. (coughs) At Virginia Green, we respect the lawn with programs backed by science and over 15 years of experience. Get your free estimate now at virginiagreen.com and soon your yard will be
1: Virginia Green and your neighbors even greener with envy.
3: Howdy,
0: folks. Colonel Sanders here. When it's time to eat, there's nothing more comforting than comfort food you don't have to cook. So get a $20 filler from KFC. Choose from eight pieces of original recipe, extra crispy chicken, or 12 tenders. It comes with all the fixings to feed your whole family. Order ahead at KFC.com. Our drive throughs are still open, or stay in and get free delivery on orders of $20 or more by Grubhub. With buckets of love, Colonel Sanders. Participating locations only. Prices may vary. Tax and substitution vector. Free delivery exclusively by Grubhub for a limited time. Additional fees of curves apply as participating KFCs on Grubhub. There will be parties again soon and family gatherings. There'll be parades and sporting events and concerts. To help our communities when they come back together, respond to the 2020 Census now. Spend a few minutes online today to impact the next 10 years of healthcare, infrastructure, and education. Respond online today to make America's tomorrow brighter. Shape your future. Start here at 2020census.gov. Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau. First Take, your take. We talking about Brandon Cooks replacing DeAndre Hopkins? Hell no, Brandon Cooks can't feel it. I mean, I can't see that. I'm sorry. Listen, DeAndre Hopkins is a future Hall of Famer. DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the game and one of the best hands in the game. That's no knock against Brandon Cooks. He can play. I think DeAndre Hopkins is on an
4: elite level, and he's just that special.
0: First Take, your take. From 1 to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Hey, this is Jim Powell. Listen to the two-time defending National League East champion Atlanta Braves right here all season long. Richmond's 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
1: And we're back live on Off to the Races on a clearing Saturday morning here uh, in Virginia where... um, The colonial downs meet is still working under plan a opening day july 23rd so we're looking forward to that certainly uh you could expect maybe some impacts with the uh, hhr uh, wagering uh, being dormant over the last two weeks or two months that's going to certainly affect uh, purses uh, so you know, We'll see how it's doing so all over the country uh, at tracks or anybody that has alternative uh, funding uh, has run into this. So um, hopefully the impacts will be minimal and we'll have those 18 days of racing uh, coming off this grand successful meet last year. Really looking forward to it. And the turf course is just greening up, starting to look really great. Daryl Wood is joining us on off to the races for our virginia segment and daryl thanks for uh, spending some time with us on off to the races this morning uh tell us um when we have colonial downs july 23rd but when is our next live virginia race
5: yeah thanks Nick. good morning to you too it's uh nice uh, been clear here all morning in richmond so uh looking to, for a great weekend but yeah the first uh Again, like like a lot of things happening these days, there's there's constant juggling of the dates. It's a very uh, moving moving piece this year. But uh, June thirteenth uh, still is hoping to be the kickoff uh, about five weeks from today, out of Middleburg, where the spring races will hold their one um, hundredth running. Uh, and the hope is that they can really pull that off. Uh, the, the the hope now is it would probably definitely be without spectators. Uh, but I know that they presented a plan to the governor's office. To run uh you know just just the horses to get some purse money out in circulation uh to reward the efforts of the of all the farms uh you know training horses and keeping the operations going um, along with the gold cup, two weeks later now that dates moved to june twenty seventh from June twentieth, so there would be a two week gap between Middleburg on June thirteenth and the gold cup on june twenty seventh both spectator free uh and should know by the end of this coming week whether that plan will work so um yeah hoping in five weeks we get some racing here in the state
1: you mentioned Middleburg. you've been up and have documented the improvements underway at the Middleburg training center we have chris coon coming up here in just a few moments but i wanted to just kind of get your thought when virginia was looking for a new venue when there was the impasse between the horsemen and colonial downs the horsemen looked at other venues they looked at morbin park they looked at several different venues even uh you know you would not believe some of the venues that they looked at but one of the ones that they looked at was the Middleburg training center and i got a chance to look at it then and i mean the, the track was okay the barns were a bit of a mess and that was the last time i was up there when i saw your pictures and and i've seen what the coons have done up there you know what is just the uh, your thoughts on on where middleburg was and where they where they are now
5: yeah man i didn't really know uh i'd not been up there prior to probably last summer uh we did some uh, some video segments up there and uh you know it was it was great to see and you could see where the Uh, Chuck Kuhn has started uh, started to invest money to try to turn this around and bring it back to a a showpiece that it once was. And I was back up there on the coldest day of this winter. I remember the windshield was below zero. But it was, uh, I think at that point, 11 or 12 of of the 13 barns had been completely renovated. The track looked good. Uh, J.D. Thomas, the longtime track superintendent at Colonial Downs and He's with the Virginia Equine Alliance, the group I work for, and he's involved with every, he touches every every part of Virginia racing, but he's dedicated a lot of his time uh, and still does uh, several times a week to working on that track to bring it up to snuff itself. But I think the, the all the barn renovations are complete. A lot of the infrastructure issues that, that the human eye might not see has been addressed, but I think Chuck's invested probably several million dollars, and it's uh you know, unfortunately, the timing of the, of the, of the COVID 19 has affected their, their re coming out or their, their burst of growth. But I think they're over half filled right now. So I'm curious, uh, anxious actually to hear Chuck speak here in a few minutes.
1: When Daryl Wood says it's cold remember he's a Buffalo <laughs> native, it's cold that certainly was a landmark day, uh, your visit up to Middleburg Daryl, thanks for spending some time with us we're going to get to Chuck Coon here and uh, and uh, interested to follow your, your travels around the state uh, moving forward That's uh, Daryl Wood joining us on Off to the Races this morning and uh, want to Reach out and bring on Chuck Kuhn, who is the new proprietor of the Middleburg Training Center. I, I, it seems like like a lot of old racing in Virginia. Some of these farms and some of these training centers have been around forever. Middleburg, you would figure, was about, you know, like many things in Virginia, 150, 200 years old, something like that. It's only about 50, 60 years old. You thought you would think it was a, a much older facility, but um, it is... Uh, established in night in the during the 1950s it was uh, opened by Paul Mellon who would later go on to win the Kentucky Derby with Sea Hero in 1993 and and has had a, a bit of a colorful past so uh, we want to bring on Chuck Coon and uh, thank you Mr. Coon for joining us on off to the races this morning and um, hope everything everyone is well where you are and hope everything is going well for the Middleburg Training Center. Um, Thanks for spending some time with us this morning.
4: Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, why um, the Middleburg Training Center? Uh, it was in in a certain state of disrepair, and uh, you you've come on and, and really uh, renovated uh, the facilities there. Uh, you know, maybe tell us why you got involved, and tell us uh, how how everything is. You know, wh- how it all came together in the last couple of years.
4: Great. Happy to. Um, I grew up in Northern Virginia, and nearly 38 years ago, I founded my company, JK Moving Services, um, out of my parents' basement when I was 16 years old. Uh, today, we're the largest independently owned and operated moving and storage company in North America, um, and we, for, uh, we focus on our core values of treating people with the highest level of care and respect. Um, as the business grew, uh, we really looked at um, at uh, uh, reinvesting in the community, protecting open space, um, conservation easement work in in the area, and that kind of led us to the Middleburg Training Center. As you mentioned, it was in in real disrepair. It had a uh, it had a really neat uh, history with the Mellon family and a and a, and a great history in Middleburg, Virginia. And unfortunately, the 149 acres was um, going to be developed for for home development, residential community development. And so we initially got involved with the training center to protect it, uh, to purchase it, place it into conservation easement, and protect the open space. Um, When we did so, we ended up meeting a number of the trainers, a number of the uh, horse owners in the area, and we realized how important it was to the community and then it went from not only protecting it for the open space, but also uh, reinvesting in it and, uh, and uh, revitalizing the track, revitalizing the barns, and making it back into a viable business.
1: The... Uh it's it certainly has had a colorful history going from the melons or melon family to to paul fouts family randy rouse's uh, family owned it for a while um and and even the trf had a piece of it or, or had it for a little while uh, it's part of its its history there in loudon county um can you tell us about maybe some of the horses that have come through there? I see spectacular bid, uh, did a considerable amount of training there. Of course, spectacular bid, uh, labeled as the the greatest horse to ever look through a bridle, self self uh, anointed by his uh, trainer there. But uh, you know, who else has maybe come through and and you know? Did do you know if Sea Hero uh, uh, had? trained there, or, um, you know, who are some of the people that have come through, and then maybe talk a little bit about the residency program and, and how that has benefited.
4: Well, I think you hit on probably the two top, um, 1993 Kentucky Derby winner, Sea uh, Hero, um, 1979 Kentucky Derby and Preakness winner, spectacular bid, uh, are, are two of the, uh, the biggest and, and most well-known. Um, with respect to the um, to the VEA and, and what they've done with the uh, uh, the new residency program, that's been fantastic. Um, I think it's been I think it's been great for racing. I think it's been great for the state of Virginia and helping uh, bring back racing to, to the state. Um, as soon as that program was announced, we uh, we immediately get uh, got a pickup in phone calls. And prior to that, we didn't have many uh, winglings, and we didn't have many yearlings, um, and it's completely changed um, the uh, the demographics of our uh, of our barns. Uh, it's it's helped improve the uh, the quality of our trainers, the quality of their customers, um, and the number of, of horses we have at the track in total. Uh, today we have um, we've we just finished uh, revitalizing our last barn, so we have 220 stalls total at the track seven-eighths furlong uh, track, and today we have 138 horses, um, and uh, we're on the way to getting the barns back full at 220 again. We were unable to to fill the barns until the construction was complete. Uh, now we're, uh, we're happy to say we're 100% complete, and we're, we're ready to fill these barns.
2: How about the
1: atmosphere? I mean, it's such a, a great area up there. I mean, Secretariat came out of the Richmond area just uh, basically down the street from king's dominion and you have other areas that is that have been thoroughbred uh, significant in virginia but nothing like northern virginia and I've, I've mentioned this it wouldn't be the first time i say this in kentucky all the great horse farms are located on the major thoroughfares and you know drive through 64 through lexington and and you just see horse farms looking to your left and looking to your right in virginia it's a little bit different in virginia they're tucked down gravel roads they're tucked away in these little coves in the mountains and and and, and that's a little bit this kind of the story with middleburg While it's located just outside of Middleburg. um you know it's 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 something you have to you know you better have your gps when you're when you're trying to find that's it right. and um it's it's a seventh seven uh, eighth of a mile seven furlong track um you, you know that's got to be attractive with its proximity to maryland uh, you know t- tell us a little bit about the aura and the atmosphere up there
4: you know it's it's changed dramatically and um, I was not familiar with the track and the environment of the track back in the, in the Mellon era, but from what I'm told and everything I read, uh, it was truly a focal point of Western Loudoun County, Fauquier County. Uh, there was a restaurant at the track. And from what i am told from, from all the stories that, that continue to circulate, uh, it was the place to go. It was the place to go for breakfast. It was the place to go to watch the training track. Um, and as great as it was, um, as you mentioned earlier, it really um, went down a, an ultimate bad path. And when we took over the track, um, it was uh, it was a dangerous place to be. And it, it's, it's very unusual to say that. Western Loudoun County is a beautiful, safe place to be. Middleburg is, is a beautiful town. Uh, but the training center itself was truly um, a dangerous place for a period of time. And when we took it over, my son and I, uh, we've worked diligently uh, to turn that around. And today, I was there this morning, and it's neat. Even even in the middle of the COVID crisis, um, I drove there this morning, and there was 15 cars parked around the track. There was probably 30 people watching the horses uh, train on the track. It's a positive environment. It's a clean, self- a safe environment, and it's great to see it revitalized.
1: It's one of my favorite things to do in racing uh, you certainly have the afternoons and the nights but in the mornings uh g- getting up and and seeing those horses being worked with you know the way these exercise riders and trainers work with the horses it's it's astounding um uh, the Middleburg track really center part of the unrealized infrastructure of uh, that virginia has and um uh, becoming more and more visible and more and more impactful uh, uh, part of a, uh, the big impact of what horse racing uh, has here in virginia thanks for spending some time with us this morning and uh, we appreciate it good luck moving forward
4: thanks for having me talk to you soon
1: Great. That's uh, Chuck Kuhn with the uh, Middleburg Training Center. His son, Steve, is handling uh, many of the operations and renovations there. So uh, good luck moving forward. If you have the opportunity to check them out, especially in the mornings, uh, be sure to do so. We're going to break on off to the races. We're going to leave Virginia here for a little bit and uh, start taking, uh, taking assessment on what's happening through the Mid-Atlantic when we speak with Frank Vespi on the way back on Off to the Races.
0: Live and local, it's the Sports Huddle. Weekday mornings from 8 to 10. If you haven't been listening, then you missed. Kevin
5: Sheehan from the Team 980. Give us a little bit of the temperature from the morning show for you this morning, particularly as it pertains to the Redskins schedule and if they basically become Team Irrelevant.
4: Well,
6: I mean, that's a really good you know observation. It's the first time they don't have a primetime game scheduled since 1982. You know, that was a strike-shortened season, but the full schedule, they weren't scheduled for a primetime game. Think about that, guys. That's 37 years that they have been in a scheduled primetime game, and it's an indication that they're completely irrelevant to the networks. You know, and it's really surprising when you consider it's a top-six market in the country. You know, it's one thing for... Jacksonville or, you know, a smaller market team like Buffalo, if they're really bad to be excluded from primetime. The reason Washington, even though it's been a bad football organization for two plus decades, the reason they continue to get primetime games and have is because they're in a big market. They're in a marquee brand division, but now, you know, the, the erosion of the fan base, the terrible, the terrible local TV ratings in recent years You know, they're they're irrelevant to the networks, completely irrelevant. It's it's quite an amazing downfall when you think about where they were as an organization, you know, during the 80s and 90s.
0: Hey, as you
5: look at this schedule, then, what gives you any glimmer of hope that there could be some wins on the horizon for this year's Washington Redskins?
6: I'm just not a big schedule guy. I think if you get hung up on schedules, you get proven wrong every year. The NFL is a week-to-week league let alone trying to figure it out year to year. You see, you know, every year when you put, when we all play this game, you know, it's like the games you thought were going to be easy ended up being the most difficult. The games that you thought um, were definite losses end up being games that, you know, potentially you won. So um, it's tough to do that. What has me cautiously optimistic is that they've got a professional coaching situation, you know, this year. Ron Rivera's never had a terrible season. As a head coach, you know the worst was six and ten, his first year when he took over a two and fourteen team. You know they have some talent. I think we all believe that they've got some talent defensively um, in 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 the building that was not well coached the last couple of years. So that's where I'm cautiously optimistic. A professional coaching operation, especially on defense, with you know some talent that on paper looks imposing.
0: Want to hear more? Listen to the full interview right now or anytime at ESPNRichmond.com. And don't forget to listen to the Sports Huddle, Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN and ESPNRichmond.com. Joe Burrow, Chase
2: Young, Jeff
0: Okuda. Okay, the NFL draft is over. Now the teams have to sign these guys. And after that, what? Will there be mini camps? Will there be OTAs? When will these rookies meet their new teams or their new coaches? Will there be a summer training camp? Will the league kick off their season as planned? If they do, will there be anyone in the stands? So many questions. Listen and get the answers. On 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
1: loves Led Zeppelin as anybody familiar with the show knows. And I'm um, idolized Robert Plant. Uh, but I came across this song yesterday thinking that it might be suitable for Mother's Day, uh, maybe not. <laughs> but um, you know when, when you th- I thought I heard every Led Zeppelin song live or uh, in studio ever recorded until I heard that yesterday and uh while i love robert plant every now and then he sounds like dino from the flintstones (laughs) and that's one of the songs that makes me uh think of the flintstones or something fred's pet uh is uh robert plant brings us back on off to the races this morning um Wanted to touch a little bit about the Sooner Pick 6. I've been talking about this and just haven't been able to, to fit it in, haven't been able to get it through the gap on uh, previous editions of Off to the Races. But on, uh, on April 10th, with the nation playing uh, tracks they uncharacteristically don't play because of all the COVID shutdowns, um, in Oklahoma City at Remington Park, Jeff Arthur, a Virginian, Played a pick six ticket, and he this this the jackpot pick six tickets have a minor pool and a major pool, and if you're the sole winner, the single hold the single ticket, um, you'll get paid ten five figures, uh, almost every time. Usually, and, and it can be more substantially more. Some of them have reached up into the millions on the on the carryovers. He plays a pick six ticket. It's his ticket. He's got multiple combinations on it. And in, I want to say it was the last race. I may not be correct about that. Um, There was a dead heat and he had the five and the seven who both won the race. I was trying to look up the names. I could not find it before the show, but um, he had the five horse and the seven horse on his ticket which was a um, dead heat and with that he became the sole winner but he had two tickets so there were two different winning combinations with that five and seven but both go back to jeff Arthur, so he ends up because he had basically knocked himself out, had sort of bet against himself, so to speak, um, and there wasn't really a whole lot that spoke to what happens in the dead heat. Um, instead of getting paid $35,000, he got paid $9,000 for the minor pool. And I'm not sure if it was 4400 or so twice or if it was just one payout. It seems it would have to be two the minor payout would have been about $4,400, $4, dollars or so. Um, terribly disappointed, as you might expect, uh, leaving some $25,000, $26,000 on the table the way it probably technically works is it might've been the right ruling, but it just seems inherently unfair. And, uh, for, for him, but when you buy those tickets, if you buy a ticket at colonial downs and you're, you're basically keying a ticket, you'll look down, it'll say 10 combinations, five combinations, five bets. I think it says bets, uh, you know, 12 bets, whatever, however you key the ticket and you know, whether you're boxing or, or keying it. And, um, I mean, that's just a tough break. And and you would just like to see that better get paid. Uh, it would be a good move by Remington Park to just pay them. You know, raise the price of popcorn. Uh, they have tremendous food. Uh, the time I did go through there, I did not get to see a live race, but I did get to see um, people have dinner and uh through there and they had tremendous food in that place i mean you talk about flintstones they have flintstone type food the steak and the crab legs that they had in that place were immense add 50 cents to the price of your buffet and pay jeff halter that would be my advice for remington park the pr you couldn't get better pr out of it and it would put this to rest and install confidence uh with betters uh And so um, it'd be good to see that happen with Jeff. So um, we'll see how this progresses. They have actually canceled, stayed that bet, so to speak, so that you you can't bet on it anymore. They're not taking it until this basically gets resolved, and it's probably going to get resolved in court. But, um, um, you know, go ahead and pay him. He he had both tickets, so to speak. And uh, there was one sole winner. The problem is there were two tickets so to speak with that dead heat very uh unfortunate situation there but it with these exotic ways you know that john mooney general manager at colonial downs said something he told this to bill and i after he picked uh, i want to say it was monarchos coming out of churchill downs and he said never bet against yourself And uh, that's why I keep my key tickets very narrow, and I just place a win bet and maybe an exact or a double or something like that. Every now and then a pick three. But I try not to bet wide tickets. I like to keep them very narrow. Um, Just to enhance the winnings, I'd rather bet – small amount over 10 races then bet big over one race so uh I, I try to uh keep my tickets narrow it causes my win percentage to go down but uh it, it's been working over the last uh, few weeks at gulf stream and at oakland so hey i'm staying with it you're listening to off to the races we have been reaching out to frank vespy but we may have uh some issues there so um we're going to try and uh, connect with Frank. Uh, otherwise, we'll have Derby Bill coming up in our next break. Just a couple other notes. Uh, the Haskell Mammoth Premier Race is scheduled for July 18th. Uh, that news came out this week. And um, so we're looking forward to Mammoth coming back. And uh, hopefully, uh, we'll start seeing things pick up as the racing moves forward and we get our triple crown maryland the governor technically uh didn't sign the legislation but he let it go through and so um the plan to move forward with the renovations at pimlico and laurel will go forward and um we're excited to hear that. Uh, they it, it leaked out, so we're not exactly sure how it, – it, nobody has really owned this at the moment. It does appear that the Preakness – at least there was a considerable amount of discussion about running it October 3rd the middle gem of, in, in my opinion, the most exciting uh, of the Triple Crown races because it almost always has a derby winners and everybody knows the horses by that point. Uh, but it looks like the Preakness will be October 3rd, but that is very, very tentative. Uh, don't make your plans uh, right away because uh, it's certainly subject to change, but uh, it does look like it's it's going to be run uh, after the derby. Uh, and then, of course, makes you wonder about new york what happens with the belmont stakes with uh, the breeders cup just around the corner uh from there uh you know will it will the belmonts new york has shown this um you know sometimes they just do what they do and uh churchill certainly did that with the derby and um so the, Belmont's, the Belmont Stakes may be run before the Kentucky Derby, and that's happened in the Triple Crown before, uh, where, where uh, the races are run out of their traditional sequence, but uh, it does look like um, they are at least thinking about keeping the Derby Preakness 1-2 uh, uh, intact and, and running it uh, the first Saturday in October. We're going to go to break on off to the races, and when we come back, we'll bring in Derby Bill and start talking about maybe the point standings, uh, who's a top and who looks good, and of course, we'll have some handicapping with... Hey, it's the only stakes race on the card, so it's our feature. The Sunshine Forever Stakes, the ninth card at Gulfstream Park today on the turf for four-year-olds and upwards. It does have a very famous scratch now with War of Will, um, not in that field of, looks like it will be a field when it's all said and done, maybe a field of 10 today. You're listening to Off to the Races on Racing Biz Radio.
0: Sports, your favorite thing in the world, which means we're your favorite station in the world. Thanks, you're our favorite listener. I guess that makes it official. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN.
1: It's time for some straight talk from Straight Talk Wireless. Some cell phone plans don't give you enough data, like a piano with only one key. But Straight Talk Wireless gives you more. Go from 3 to 5 gigabytes of high-speed data, than 2G... For the same price on our $35 unlimited plan. No contract. All on America's largest, most dependable networks. More data? Same price. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. We're all in uncharted territory looking for ways to support our communities. At Dell Technologies, we're making sure small businesses have the right tech solutions. Dell Technologies advisors are here for you, from helping small businesses stay connected and productive while working remotely with Windows 10 and Microsoft Teams to rapidly deploying remote work solutions that limit upfront costs with Dell Financial Services. We're standing
4: by you every step of the way. Call 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL.
0: Walgreens is here for you with new ways to make shopping easier. Pick up select essentials at a Walgreens drive-thru near you. Order online and pick up or get convenient same-day delivery on select items with Postmates. Plus when picking out a perfume online or in store this month you can get 20% off select fragrances. Just in time for Mother's Day on May 10th. Walgreens. Fragrance offer valid with card through May 30th. Restrictions apply. For details and updates on savings and expanding services visit walgreens.com nurses to truck drivers doctors to grocery clerks the front lines in today's crisis are filled with brave actions every day and you can do your part by completing the 2020 census this simple effort online by phone or by mail will help impact the next 10 years of healthcare, care schools and roads all of our first responders need your response so go to 2020census.gov today shape your future start here at 2020census.gov Paid for by U.S. Census Bureau.
1: This is goal of Get up and get to work with me and Trey Wingo. It's
0: Golik and Wingo. Every weekday morning starting at 6. Now on the FM dial at 99.5 and 1027
2: ESPN.
1: Well, Mitchell has better intro music than I do. Come lead in music for sure. I'd have to leave that responsibility in Mitchell's hands as a... Uh, as uh yeah Dino does not bring us back for this segment on off to the races and uh, Derby bill is uh, joining us now on off to the races and uh, uh, derby bill it's been an incredible uh, certainly a remarkable spring in terms of what racing has had to face everybody for that fact but uh, uh you know racing has continued on and we're a week away from seeing some of the more signature and more visible tracks and racing coming back and and bill thanks for joining us on off to the races looking forward to getting your thoughts this week on on what's been a a fairly active week of news in terms of to the positive in terms of racing uh maybe coming back and in front of no no fans but uh racing's kind of used to that more so than other sports and uh bill um how was how was the week for you
3: It's all good. Uh, It's been a morbid year for America. I mean, we lost Little Richard today. I thought you'd be playing some good Miss Smiley for me. Little Richard uh, had an opening band called The Beatles back in the old days, if we're talking music there for a second. The Beatles opened up for Little Richard, and we lost Little Richard today. We lost uh, Sigfield and Roy. We lost Roy from the uh, Sigfield and Roy boys out in Vegas. It's It's been a tough year. I love Little Richard uh, that
1: is very disappointing news to hear. I'm very, i very, I've listened to them at least on a weekly basis here and there. I never, when a song comes on the radio, I never change it till it's done. Doesn't matter what it is. That's very. disappointing. one
3: to remember negatively, for sure. Even in horse racing, we've lost trainers, we've lost uh, stable people, we've lost had too many people this year. We got to get a cure for that thing. Got to mix up some bourbons and come up with something
1: yeah yeah a little uh little disappointing a lot disappointing to hear that um we're let's before we maybe get into some of the uh, upcoming uh triple crown point standings that kind of thing let's let's take care of business on the only stakes race. Around the country today, the $75,000 Sunshine Forever Stakes run at Gulfstream today on the turf. You know, one of the things that's been great, I mean, Oaklawn doesn't have any turf racing, obviously, so you don't. I mean, if you, there may have been a Colonial Downs horse or two that ran there. I can't think of any at the moment. It would have been a horse on the dirt that ran, uh, came back to run on the dirt maybe at Oaklawn. But at Gulfstream, you see these horses. Gulfstream and Colonial Downs have very similar turf courses. Uh, J.D. Thomas, who we talked about earlier on the show when we were talking about Middleburg, used to say that outside of colonial downs gulf stream has the best turf course and it's certainly getting its its uh where uh, this spring but you see horses Drive ran there ran a great race there yesterday um horse that finished second to the quantico kid in a very memorable race probably the best most exciting race uh but certainly between two horses that colonial downs offered last summer and um you know you, you see horses popping up and from colonial in the gulf card and um you know got one another couple today but the sunshine forever will lose war of will on Unfortunately, we knew that early yesterday, but, um, you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on this sunshine forever?
3: Well, Will was 0 for 4 on the turf after winning the Preakness last year and more dirt orientated. And this is a nice, nice, uh, turf race. We also, uh, just whistle main track only. He's out. So, um, and there's one other scratch in the race called regally Irish, a big long shot, 20 to one shot, but, very, very top of the line race here. There could have been a Grade Three or Grade Two put on top of this seventy-five thousand dollar race, and it'll be on NBCSN national TV. So the handle will be good. Horse called Social Paranoia, uh, Grade One uh, stakes place son of uh, street Boss. Looks like uh, might go off as the top favorite in the ad- admission office uh, coming back and. Um, and in this race for Brian Lynch, and uh, I think uh, you could even go three deep and use a long shot, El Tormento, big, deep closer. So there's a speed duel up front with a horse called Holiday, a big speed burner, uh, Sunshine, the uh, Social Paranoia, and Admission Office. And then you got to look out for a closer called El Tormento if you're looking for 10-to-1 or 12-to-1, depending on odds uh, after the scratches. And there's a horse called Hawkus in this race, too. Tremendous turn of foot. Maybe the best turn of foot out of all the horses in this race. If he's on, he's on. If he's off, he's off. So it's at least five or six deep. Definitely a very good race for a national TV-graded um, caliber race
1: you mentioned the tv it's the coverage i'm sure they'll cover other races but it starts at at four o'clock on the nbc sports network i like uh i like holiday here hawkish is a horse that i've played several times and i I think i had him when he won the cliffhanger back at at, uh, last year Uh, i remember that horse delivering a win for uh, it may have been in the pen mile that's probably what i'm thinking about i remember betting that horse and and getting a win out of that horse he's he's an Artie schiller who ran at colonial downs but um i I like holiday to win and i and i like hawkish here a little bit too uh who, who do you circle who do you circle on top
3: your holiday interesting it'll be about four or five to one maybe with the scratch down to four to one uh interesting there nick uh, 11 for 11 and superfectus so if you're a 10 cent superfector player boxing the top four horses this horse you have to put in the top four i mean 11 for 11's uh a, a number you can't ignore and he's a pace setter him and uh Regally Irish, Regally Irish would have been up, up there with them, but with the scratch, it's all holiday from the front. Uh, I, just, I had to go three or four deep. They have a mandatory payoff today, which might reach $10 million if you can pick races 7 through 12 today at Gulfstream. They have to pay it out today. It's guaranteed. So I'm going to go Social Paranoia. He had a grade one place, and he won the Appleton grade three race. Admission office you have to put in there. Joe Rosaro just riding lights out, and the runner's up in grade 2. And El Tormento, I'm going to use the 12-to-1 there, just in case this thing goes out of hand. At another race, Nick, the race right after, it'll be very interesting for you to watch because it's a return of a Virginia Derby entrance shooting the breeze, and he's about 10-to-1 long shot if all the horses stay in the race. I like him today, shooting the breeze, coming off a a five-month layoff. He's just a stalker for Graham Motion, and you know what Graham Motion did with English B in the Virginia Derby. This was his second-string Virginia Derby horse. But he could have a real nice shot in race 10 today.
1: I, I, I'm looking at him now, hard spun. Uh, he's been back to a mile. What is the distance on that? Is that a mile? Yeah, that is a mile. So he's he's been kind of knocking on the door a little bit. It looks like you'll – I don't have the odds in front of me, but it looks like you'll be rewarded, Derby Bill, if you like this horse. Only one career win, uh, but
3: uh, in 11 starts. The competition in these spaces is tremendous. They're all allowance level or stakes level like the Virginia Derby. So, yeah, you know, I'm just looking for a, a very nice uh, effort by shooting the breeze today. Grand Motion's not running a horse if he's not ready
1: yes yes absolutely and uh, although he's a very capable trainer on the dirt he has that reputation on the turf uh, for some reason so uh, all right yeah we'll look at that maybe a nice little double there opportunity uh, in but with that ninth and tenth race on tv today wanted to get your thoughts on last week's racing action at Oaklawn. we went over that at the beginning of the show but what are your thoughts on, the, the, you know, the Oaklaw meet, Nadal leads now, the Kentucky Derby standings at the, Baffert. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Baffert uh, heading into the Triple Crown? I mean, he is absolutely loaded again.
3: He wants to be the all-time winning uh, Kentucky Derby trainer who he needs he needs win six in September, and he has Nadal, he has... Carrollton, and then you'll have Authentic running soon out west when Santa Anita opens back up. So he's got three out of the top ten horses in the country, and he might have a sandbagger in the back out west that hasn't run because Santa Anita has been closed down. Might run him in the low Alamitos Derby, which gets boosted up to one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars because because uh, they need the point, and it might be a points race for the Kentucky Derby. Game winner won that race last year, uh, two years ago. And Bob Baffert has his eyes set on keeping his horses out west, you know, after dominating Oakland. Oakland did a terrific job. I mean, $41 million bet offline on that track, obviously because of the coronavirus. We're limited to where we can bet, so that boosted it up some. But the racing, the caliber of racing was very difficult with 12-horse fields, just uh, about every race.
1: Looking at the Derby state schedule, the next race uh where you can earn points, it's actually the only race that they have um hard and firm on the on the on the race to the triple to the Kentucky Derby is the Mat win at Churchill Downs, May 23rd. You can get a, a very minimal 10, four five or 10, four, two and one, depending on your, if you finish in the top four there. Um, they do list the, condi- the Cardinal condition stakes, which must be a new race uh, added or i've never even really heard of that race the wood the bluegrass the santa anita derby are all listed as pending Uh, we do know that the santa anita derby will be on june the 6th and that's actually where war of will will be in the shoemaker mile but um nadal first tis the law 122 carlton 100 points king guillermo at 90 points ete indian modernist authentic Mr. Uh, Mr. Monomoy uh, you know what are your uh, what are your thoughts on the Derby as it approaches
3: well we're glad we are lining up a few they're going to add a few points races in I assume before September but to Matt Wynn and you said uh, Memorial Day will be the Shoemaker Mile and then the following week will be the Santa Anita Derby as Santa Anita kicks it back in uh, next week along with Charlestown up here in West Virginia they're going to race you can't go to the race but you can bet it so, uh, there's some good signs of all the tracks, laws looking at open back up. So, hopefully, things turn for the best and we get a cure for uh, COVID 19.
1: Absolutely. That would be a, a great uh, Mother's Day gift to everybody. So, happy Mother's Day, everybody. Want to thank uh, Derby Bill. Thanks. Much obliged for your handicapping. We look forward to talking to you next week. That's uh, Derby, Derby Bill. On uh, we did hear from Frank Vesby a little late in the show. We will certainly have him next week on uh, off to the races. Want to thank Daryl Wood, Chuck Coon, the Derby Bill, of course, and uh, Mitchell Bradley gets a, finally a thank you live on the air uh, from me. Much obliged on the work that you've done. Next week, tune us in off to the races post time ten o'clock. Good luck today. <laughs>
0: From the G.U. Law Firm Studios, your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and
6: 1027 ESPN. WXGI
0: Richmond, WTPS Petersburg. Hey, it's Bob Blackwood.